0: Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Bobby Byrne, CIO at Edward Elmhurst Health. In this segment, Byrne discusses the biggest barriers in merging two cultures to form a unified IT department, what she considers to be the most fun part of her job, and why leaders can't manage everyone the same way. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at improvada.com. How was it for you just coming to terms with the fact that Epic was going to have to wait for, for Elmhurst? Was it a difficult thing or was it something where you said, okay, I guess this is what's best, so that's what, that's what we'll do?
1: Well, we made the decision based on um, – we, we just didn't have the money. So we needed to, yeah. we needed to do some, some other things in order to sort of fund this EPIC implementation. So we did put the physicians, as I, as I mentioned, all on EPIC because there's just a lot of efficiencies related to referrals and care, which obviously, let's face it, most of the care is outpatient. So let's make yeah. sure that we prioritize that. So we did that we did all of our ERP solutions and we consolidated on the Lawson Infor system which we had used on the epic um, excuse me on the Edward campus for um, quite a while and had been really pleased with so right. to get things like you know materials management and HR and um, you know, the GL and all of that stuff onto a single system was really helpful and I think ended up giving us some efficiencies that then allowed us to fund the EPIC implementation. So my, you know, my thought was, boy, I'd like to get started, but I understand there's some prep work that we need to do and some of the things that are probably just higher priority. And, um, and so we took care of those things and, you know, then we were able to, to move on to EPIC. And, you know, time goes fast. So I'm thinking it's three years. It just, it seems like yesterday.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And then did it take some time as far as, uh, you know, the the IT staff to to shake out? Like you said, there is turnover. So I can imagine that 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 can be difficult as you're kind of going through this phase, kind of seeing who's going to stay, who's going to go, and making those decisions.
1: You know, there is some staff turnover. There definitely was staff turnover on the Elmhurst side. I think that is almost inevitable when you have a CIO who's coming from one campus and then is now over both. I, um, I'm really, really pleased with the people who stayed and who've kind of adjusted, and I'm proud of them for adjusting to a whole bunch of new processes, um, totally new systems. It's, I know it really took a lot of um, courage for them to kind of learn everything new, because it, it is a big difference. We, we sort of changed every system on the Elmhurst campus, so that's, that's a lot of adjustment for them to make. And thankfully, things settled out pretty quickly within our merger as sort of as like who was staying and who was going. Um, I just wouldn't recommend implementing a system while you're in the middle of that shakeout where you don't quite know who's staying and who's going. It just was extra stress.
0: Yeah. And then you also have this big thing on your plate to try to, uh, you know, merge different cultures. And uh, I'm sure that that's something where you, you can't really follow a blueprint for that because, you know, people are so different, organizations are different. And was that something where you just kind of have to learn as you go?
1: You know, you try and be sensitive and you try and communicate as much as you can and talk about the differences. So even things like... um, the dress code at Elmhurst was more prescriptive and specific than the dress code at Edward was. Right. You know, Edward has a jeans on Friday policy. Elmhurst is, is um, you know, coat and tie for, the, uh, for manager and above. So very different in that way. So try and just to be respectful of it and try and say, well, we're, you know, please dress appropriate to the site that you're gonna be working at on that day. Right. Um, it has happened where we had an a, a unexpected event at Elmhurst on a Friday, and my team is in jeans driving over to the Elmhurst campus, right? So those types of things happen, but you kind of have yeah. to just sort of, uh, you know, go with it as much as you can. Um and using humor about things when you, know, when you do have misses I think is, is really helpful. We had a scenario early on where um, something you would never expect for this to be uh, a kind of a, an issue, but it was, is at the Edwards side, the way we do our go-lives and the way we run our command center is every single seat in the command center. Our command center is relatively small. Every seat has a name on it. Like the CIO has a chair in the command center. It's my chair the kind of administrator of the day, has a chair. And people really want to be in the command center. We can't have everybody in the command center that we want to have in there. Just a quirky, weird, Edward culture thing. The, right. On the Elmhurst culture, the command center was only people who were answering the phones. So this was sort of considered to be more of a help desk type function. So when we first went live, we started assigning you know, our leaders, our managers, our IT managers to be in the command center. And the you know, on the Edwards side, they were very used to this. On the Elmhurst side, they thought that we were somehow, um, you know, telling our, our highly technical managers that they now had to be first line answering the phones, right? Just a myth. Nobody intended to insult anybody else, but it was a myth. And so you try and just sort of laugh at it. Like, you know, no, we're not going to be taking our, you know, director of technology and, and having him, you know, reset passwords. That doesn't right. make sense. We're not going <laughs> to do that. Oh, okay, so there's just just so many just nuances. Oh, there's and, so many landmines. I think yeah. I stepped in a mall. <laughs> I guess that's how you learn though. <laughs> yep, absolutely. There's the things that you know to ask about, like dress code. Yeah. And then there's all these things like never would have occurred to me to ask about what's their culture of their command center. That right. never would have occurred to me. So of course we made a mistake on it.
0: Yeah. And I guess, like you said, having a sense of humor and then just, just keeping the lines of communication open, I imagine that that's a big thing as far as just kind of conveying that, listen, we're, we're all learning here.
1: Absolutely. Trying to ask, is there, any history, is there any history that I should know about? Yeah. Is this reasonable? Who should I really go to for this question? Because sometimes that's not, the person that you really need to go to um, is maybe not the same person on the org chart. Just sort of keep asking.
0: Yeah. Do you ever have a moment where you say, okay, you know, it's it feels like things are coming together, or is it just kind of one of those things that happens just so subtly that you don't really notice it? I,
1: I think it's really so – it's very subtle. I think yeah. it's only when you realize that – I don't have to ask who to go to anymore, I kind of know who to go to now, or those, right. it's, only, it's only when you really pause to think about it do you realize how much improved it is. I don't think that there's, if for us, or for me at least, there really wasn't any, like, sentinel event that said, okay, now we're merged. Um, yeah. and, I, and I still think there are still very big differences between the cultures, even though we're 17 miles apart, there's mm-hmm. very big differences in the cultures, and, um, and, and that probably won't change, or it'll change very, very gradually.
0: Right, and that doesn't have to be a bad thing either.
1: No, no, not at all, not at all. There's definite advantages advantages and disadvantages to both. Yeah, okay.
0: So I, I know we've touched on a lot of things. I think the last thing I wanted to ask was just about Growing leaders, And it's an interesting concept to me that, that I heard somebody say that, you know, one of your most important jobs is, is to grow leaders. And how do you think CIOs can, can work to grow leaders? And, and you know, what, what do you think you're really looking for in someone you would consider a leader or a future leader?
1: So it's interesting, and I, I, we actually sp- I spent a lot of time thinking about this and a lot of time talking uh, with my colleagues about this. It's actually probably the thing that's the most fun part of the job is mm-hmm. especially when you when you maybe have identified somebody at a more junior level who you think just has some Talent, maybe they've shown some calm under stress or they were able to get consensus among amongst a difficult group in a very small setting and so you identify them and you try and um, you know try and bring them through the the leadership tracks try and identify additional um, opportunities for them to step up to, to gain experience. And, and we have a whole system of sort of how do you, uh, how do you identify, um, especially like a new manager or somebody who's in their first supervisory role and the, the training that you send them through and sort of the additional pieces. And I think every organization has something like that. So there's the whole formal piece around how do you promote somebody and how do you get them to the next step and what sort of education do you, do you ask them. But the, the things that I like the best are really more the personal kind of coaching and I think it's because it's really hard. I always thought in my career it was really hard to get. So I would, I would give a presentation, and, some, and I would say, how did that go? And they'd say, oh, it was great. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, that doesn't help me, right? So what, oh. what I was always looking for was, uh, you know, you started a little slow, but then, you know, it, you picked up, and then, and then your ending was good. That would be helpful to me. But right. I never got that. So I really try to give that specific feedback whenever I can. Whether it's like, hey, you sent this email and the way that you said this really upset the person. I get you what you were trying to say. If you'd used this kind of language, then you know maybe it would have gone over well. Um, so I try and do that really individual piece. I have a couple of books that I really like. So sometimes I'll give you know, I'll give a book to somebody who I think is maybe struggling, and I think a book might really help them um, with it. There's just a few that I that I enjoy, so sometimes I prescribe that book uh, for them. Um, I definitely really value presentation skills, so I do try and give feedback for people on when they give good presentations or things that they could improve on their presentations. I, I'm not perfect at this. You no, know, I think like every leader should be doing more, but this is the kind of that's the kind of work that I that I think is, is, it's the most labor-intensive. It takes yeah. the most time, but, but I think it's the most valuable.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great because I, I know that um, you know, when somebody who, who, is, who is in a leadership position does pull you aside and give you feedback for that, sometimes it doesn't register right away. But those are the things, eventually it sticks in their head, and sometimes they go back to those pieces of advice years later. I know that I do. And you know, those are the kind of things that really do help people along the way, even if it's, uh, you know, sometimes doesn't register right that minute.
1: I had a conversation with, um, with somebody on my team who has young children at home and is not ready to kind of take a bigger job right now and really wants to maintain the balance. But I said, you know, when you are ready, please come to me because I really want to get you on the track. Like, I want to, I think you have all the potential. And I could tell from the look on her face that she was just shocked that I was saying that. And I was like, you got to start thinking of yourself as a leader because you are a leader. So this is somebody that, you know, I may not be able to help for several years because of her, you know, the way that her personal life is going. But I'm like, I'm coming for you. (laughs) You have too much skill to just sit in your cube and, uh, you know, and do what you're told. You, You are somebody that I see as, you know, sort of that next generation.
0: Yeah. That, that that's a big confidence booster, and you probably took her by surprise quite a bit with that
1: I did <laughs> there is a difference um there's a difference in generations and what and how I think you coach uh, millennial generation versus uh, older generations and there is definitely a male female difference now the individual is paramount so if you know how to reach a particular individual, then that's obviously the most important, regardless of the age or, or gender. Um, but on the whole, I, I, see, you know, I see a difference. I really have to push the women really hard. The men tend, I give them a little shove, and they tend to be off to the races. Now, there's exceptions, of course. The amount of feedback that um, our younger employees prefer is higher. Our older employees, I don't think they crave it as much. Right. Maybe they're just not used to it. Maybe they crave it as much, but they just have never gotten it, so they don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't ask. But it's there's definitely a difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know that that's that's been the case for me too. As far as having the skills, but really needing a little bit more of a push, and that, that's why it, it's so great to hear you say that. And hopefully, you know, more women and men are doing that, but making sure that um, they're giving kind of the right the right types of encouragement to different, uh, different people, whether it's by, you know, uh, age, by gender, but it, it's true. I, it, I, at least what I found that women sometimes do need a little bit more of a push, but sometimes once you get that push, it, it is a big confidence booster and it can make a huge difference.
1: Absolutely. I'll keep pushing them. It's okay.
0: <laughs> That's good. So <laughs> it's needed sometimes. All right. Um, well, this has, been, this has been so great. I really enjoyed speaking with you. I always do. I, I, I hope we can do it again. But thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, no, my pleasure. Thank you so much. There's, there's always more happening and more to talk about, so I'm sure I'll be hitting you up again. But... I think so. I think, like, the next, you know, some of the next things that we're really working on around pricing and price yeah. transparency and selective mm-hmm. discounting, I think, you know, we're still in the planning phases on that, but I, I think that's going to be pretty exciting.
0: All right, great. I'm, I'm going to take you up on that.
1: Okay, All right. Great. Thank you you so
0: much. All right. And I'll speak to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.